Click Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. You made it. You did it. It's Friday. We made it all the way to Friday. Praise be to God. We're going to have a great show lined up for you today. The uh, infamous, the notorious Gabriel Castillo is going to return to the program today. Now, we originally had planned for Raymond Arroyo to come on to talk about his book, but he was not able to join us this morning. So we reached out to Gabriel Castillo from Gabby After Hours, True Faith TV. I mean, he is a, a YouTube superstar in the Catholic world, in my opinion. He's an incredible Catholic evangelist in his heart for the church and for especially Our Lady, for, and, but for St. Joseph as well, is, uh, it, well, it's, it's convicting and it's uh, mesmerizing. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation today with Gabriel Castillo. St. Joseph, terror of demons and guardian of your family. Today's his feast day. Praise be to God. St. Joseph, pray for us. Are you going to Mass today? I'm wondering. Who's going to Mass? Emily, uh, good morning to you. Are you going to Mass today? Uh, actually, yes, because I'm going with Gabriel Castillo on a retreat that he's leading today. And look, I brought my I brought St. Joseph from home. Oh, wow. So if you're, lo- um, if you're on the Catholic radio right now and you're listening... This is a beautiful portrait of St. Joseph. This is one that's uh, Father Calloway commissioned. Yes, that's right. And I actually got this to support Gabriel Castillo's ministry. So. Oh, you did. Yeah, praise yeah. be to God. Yeah, so um, it's a beautiful image of St. Joseph yes, holding if the, you're watching the live stream. infant Jesus in his arms, and uh, it's wonderful. And you can get those, actually, uh, yes. over on Father Calloway's website. Yeah, and you're going to want to put St. Joseph in your home so that he can be a guide to your family life, to a meditation on fatherhood and uh, love of the Virgin Mary and the child Jesus. We, have, we, we bought one. We bought a couple from Father Calloway, but the one we bought is the one where uh, St. St. Joseph is like looking very like uh, stern and, you know, he's got his hand out, his, his palm facing out like, stop all you demons of the world. You know, it's a very powerful image. We bought that uh, not that long ago. It's hanging on the wall at home. So praise be to God. But wonderful day today. And of course, we have the uh, the tradition of the St. Joseph's altar. We'll probably talk all about that with, with uh, Gabriel Castillo later in our show. Of course, Today is Friday, which means in the second hour, if you're at all able to join us, we will have our fear and trivia game show. And today is the day we pull the prizes. So we'll have one last opportunity for a contestant to get in on the drawing. And uh, Just Love Prince, speaking of images, is giving us the prize to give away today. So we're very grateful for their underwriting. But that's in the second hour. Today we're going to have breaking news and stories we're going to have the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We're going to do the What's Concerning Us section. And uh, and then, of course, our interview with Gabriel Castillo. Speaking of fear and trembling, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. The uh, the master of fear and trembling game show the right ma- here. The right ma- here. The master. Absolutely. <laughs> the, master. the best answers. Only the best answers from me. <laughs> well, uh, 10 out of 10 every time. Hmm. Uh, okay, praise be to God. Uh, that's good, and uh, we'll have we'll have to do a, a humility episode as well. Then uh, my favorite song is "Oh Lord, It's Hard to Be Humble." Uh, if you have never heard it, it's it's my theme song. <laughs> it's your theme song. All right, praise be to God. 
There's uh, several stories in the news we want to jump into as well in the What's Concerning Us section. Uh, we'll do that here in just a few moments, including a, a ban on conservative Christians from serving in the police in California. Really? That, like, that's a thing? Of course, the border crisis is out of control. We're gonna, we'll jump into all of that here in just a few. But let's begin with prayer. Whatever your intentions are, dear listener, uh, whatever's on your heart, whatever you're facing, whatever your needs are, we're going to bring those to our Lord. We're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for you, as well as for us and our radio apostolates on the Station of the Cross and the Guadalupe Radio Network this morning. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. The Catholic Conference of Kentucky is pleased with the recent passage of a school choice bill in the Commonwealth. House Bill 563 would create a tax credit scholarship fund for certain Kentucky students, called an Education Opportunity Account. That money could be used for students to attend schools outside of their education districts, including private schools. Andrew Van Diver, Associate Director of the conference, said, We would have liked to have seen a statewide program, but HB 563 will still help thousands of students across the state, and that fact cannot be understated. This bill will change lives. The Kentucky Education Association opposes the bill, and the state's education commissioner has also asked Bashir to veto the legislation. The USCCB has supported school choice measures as well. In 2020, the conference supported the School Choice Now Act, which would fund scholarship-granting organizations and allow parents to use the scholarship funds for homeschooling or private schools. Another priest has been abducted in Nigeria and his diocese is asking for prayers for his release. Father Harrison Egwenu was returning to St. George's College on Monday where he was recently appointed principal when he was kidnapped by armed gunmen who took him to an unknown destination. The West African nation of Wari has faced growing insecurity since 2009 when the Islamist group Boko Haram launched an insurgency. The group has orchestrated terrorist attacks on various religious and political groups, as well as on civilians. Nigeria's Catholic bishops have repeatedly called on the government to do more to protect its citizens, saying, Nigerians are experiencing an invasion of their farmlands by armed Fulani herdsmen, a group well-organized and already designated as the fourth deadliest terrorist group in the world by the Global Terrorism Index. Israeli archaeologists announced this week the discovery of several new sets of Dead Sea Scrolls, ancient fragments of biblical texts that have, for the past 70 years, contributed to scholars' knowledge about the Old Testament. The new scroll fragments, which the Israeli Antiquities Authority announced on March 16th, include the books of Zechariah and Nahum, both minor prophets. The scrolls newly discovered are written entirely in Greek, except for God's name, which is represented in Hebrew as the Tetragrammaton, Yahweh. Other sources, including the Acts of the Apostles, had already attested to the fact that Greek was widely spoken among Jews of this period, said theologian Dr. John Bergsma, making the new scrolls a confirmation of prior knowledge rather than a bombshell revelation. 
The new scrolls were discovered in what is known as the Cave of Horror because of the thousands of Jewish refugee skeletons discovered within. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Sibliana Biscosi, pray for us. She was born in 1287 in Pavia, in Lombardy, Italy. She was orphaned when she was very young, and she received almost no education and was working as a domestic servant by the age of 10. She went blind by the age of 12. The cause of her blindness is not known, but she was adopted by a community of Dominican tertiaries at Pavia in Italy. Sibliana developed a devotion to St. Dominic in hopes that through his intercession she would have her sight returned to her. However, when that did not happen, she had to resolve herself to accept God's will for her life. She did receive a vision of St. Dominic, though, and she took it as a confirmation of her desire to join the order. At age 15, she became a recluse, living in a walled-up cell. She spent her time in prayer, and her cell soon became a point of pilgrimage for Pavian seeking advice and healing. She lived there for over 60 years, doing penance, performing miracles, and spreading devotion to the Holy Spirit. She also had a very uh, interesting ability to sense whether or not a host was consecrated or not. In fact, there was one such time where a priest was passing by her cell, and she called to him, Father, the host that you carry on your sick call is not consecrated. He checked, and wouldn't you know it, she was right. She would die on the 19th of March, 1367 in Pavia, and she would be uh, interred there at the Dominican Church. But in 1854, Pope Pius XI beatified her, and they pulled up her body, and they found it to be incorrupt. Blessed Sibliana Biscosi, pray for us. The Gospel today for the feast day of St. Joseph comes to us from Matthew chapter 1, verses 16, and then 18 through 21, and verse 24. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. Now this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about, when his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. But before they lived together, she was found with, with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love this passage. I think I say that about all the passages, but I love this passage in particular because of what it says about St. Joseph. I mean, it's a pretty powerful uh, realization about the role of St. Joseph, a man who says very little. I was uh, watching Taylor Marshall's uh, review of St. Joseph last night on YouTube, and he makes this point that, yes, St. Joseph doesn't say a single word in Scripture, but we can say for sure there is at least one word he did, in fact, say in his life, and that is the holy name of Jesus upon the circumcision of the child. 
Let that sink in. Joseph was the husband of Mary. Notice the passage doesn't say the father of Jesus. No, he was the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was the Christ. This is interesting because it it sort of uh, guards, protects, it ensures, it makes sure you understand that the birth of Christ was a virginal birth, that Our Lady was a virgin before, during, and after this episode. That's part of the teaching and, and patrimony of the church and one that we must hold to today. And this verse uh, confirms that. But he's still the foster father of Jesus, right? And this is a powerful realization because why? He passes on his own, uh, uh, his hereditary to Jesus uh, because of this official, uh, this covenant-like relationship he has with himself and the Holy Family, with Mary and with her child, Jesus. So Jesus takes on the Davidic line through Joseph. Now, you might remember 2 Samuel chapter 7, when the Lord tells David that his son would reign forever. Notice also the typologies here. Joseph. You might remember the other Joseph in the Old Testament, the Joseph with the coat of many colors. Remember that guy? Well, notice what they have in common, these two. Both had the same name. Both had a father named Jacob. Both received dreams, uh, visions and dreams. Both were righteous and chaste men. And both led their families to Egypt to escape uh, difficulty, hardship, and persecution. I think uh, we're being told something very powerful here. And if you were a first century Jew and you were reading this gospel, your mind would be blown. Because you would see the details uh, in greater stark and contrast than we do here in the you know, 21st century in the West. But I will last point I want to make before I turn it over. Oh, actually, we're going to be going to break here soon. And the other reason why I really love this passage is because too often than not, when we think of Joseph, we think of an old, frail man who might have been married once and had a bunch of kids. And that is not the image I think we should have in our minds. Why did Joseph want to put divorce Mary? Was it because she was scandalizing him in the community by having this child out of wedlock? No. As some scholars would say, when, he's, when it says she was found with child through the Holy Spirit, they believe that to mean Joseph understood that through the miracle of God, she is conceived. And he did not feel up to the task. He was humble and felt not worthy to be the foster father of the Messiah to be the betrothed husband of the Gibirah, of the queen of heaven and earth, of the virgin who would conceive and bear the child that would save mankind. I'd be intimidated, wouldn't you? And as as Father Calloway says, old men don't walk to Egypt. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Some Protestants like to charge the Catholic Church with changing the Ten Commandments because it omits the prohibition of making graven images found in Exodus 20. But is this true? No. And here's the reason why. Like Augustine, the Catholic Church sees the prohibition of making graven images as merely an extension of the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. In light of the context, it seems that Augustine was right. For immediately after God prohibits the making of graven images, he says in verse 5, You shall not bow down to them or serve them. The prohibition is against idolatry, not the making of images in an absolute sense. So the Catholic Church didn't change the Ten Commandments. 
Morgan is not guilty of idolatry and having statues in his places of worship. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's so good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. You know, I, I just recall, I just remembered something. I was supposed to send you an email last night, and I got very busy yesterday with a bunch of meetings, and and then I got home and, you know, jumping into the family life, and I totally forgot to send the email. So, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. We actually recorded a great segment yesterday reviewing the Sunday Gospel, the fourth Sunday of Lent. We're one week behind, so that way you can continue to chew on the Gospels. Uh, and I meant to send that to you, and I forgot, so I will send out, schedule it uh, to send out today, and hopefully you'll be able to get that and enjoy that. If you want to get in on the email list, we're sending out special content that only the folks on the email list can receive, and uh, you can get on that very, very simply. You can just go to our website. You can join that way, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Or you could pull out your cell phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. So just text GRN to 42828, and you can get on the email list that way. And as soon as you join, you get a free talk by Father Bill Casey, the State of the Union, the State of the Church. It's a powerful little talk, 30 minutes. Plus, there's some other content we throw in there in the email list, and we think you'll enjoy that. So uh, join up today, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You know, um, one of the big stories that's truly concerning me right now is the border crisis. I mean, it's out of control. And there are several stories. For instance, um, it was uh, revealed yesterday that the Biden administration is moving 3,000 of these immigrants coming across the border, illegally, mind you, uh, to a stadium in Dallas. They're not testing them for COVID. They're not socially distancing them for that either. They're letting them come and go. Um, There's a lot of issues with this. Um, There's also a gag order on the press from photographing the detention centers or interviewing the agents, the Custom Border Patrol agents down there. So there's a lot of stories right now in the headlines that are very, very concerning um, that I think we should be paying attention to and praying about. Before I jump into those, though, I was totally blown away by this story. And this is coming out of PressCalifornia.com. It says, California bill could ban conservative Christians from serving as police. Could you imagine? It says, uh, a Bay Area assemblyman wants to ban from service police officers and police officer candidates who are members of hate groups or have who have been or have used hate speech in the past even in a private discussion forum online 
Yet the definition of a hate group and hate speech used by the assemblyman uh, in his new bill is incredibly broad. Not only does it include armed militia groups and white supremacists promoting domestic terrorism, it also includes police officers expressing conservative, religious, or political views on abortion, marriage, and gender, or with membership in a political party or church that does. So, how do you like that? Your church just got wrapped up with supremacists and domestic terrorists. Why? Because you want to burn things down? No, because you believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. Because you believe that abortion is a holocaust and an evil that should be uh, rid from our, our society. That you believe God made them man, male and female. In his image, he made them in his likeness. And uh, because of that, you are now in a, a unique class of individuals that are called domestic terrorists. This is insane. This is, li- this is literally, and I say that a lot these days, it seems like, but it literally is insane. We'll link to the story so you can read the rest of it yourself, but could you imagine a day and an age where Christians who believe the creed are not allowed to serve as police officers? Does it stop there? Would it also go to, say, political office? Or how about this? How about the military? Or any other first responders? You could see a a second-class citizenship very quickly in this day and age, and I think this is one step towards towards that... uh, towards that process. Uh, Here's an article out of Hot Air, hotair.com, gagged. Biden administration warns uh, Border Patrol not to share certain info about border surge with media. It says, um, yesterday, Byron York called the White House's management of optics at the border the the Biden blackout, noting specifically the difficulty lawyers and reporters have had gaining access to the detention facility in Texas. A party that bristled at the thought of kids in cages under Trump is suddenly keen to deny Americans a chance to see for themselves the sort of conditions migrant children are living in after Biden foolishly lifted the ban on admitting unaccompanied minors. You know, the other thing is I, re- I heard a report this morning from Joshua Phillips out of uh, his on his Crossroads show. He's a journalist out of the Epic Times, according to their the Epic Times uh, reporter on the border, the cartels often use these unaccompanied minors as bait to de- to detain the border patrol so that they're distracted while they're moving you know drugs and weapons and other illegals across the border. They're using these unaccompanied minors. Most of the unaccompanied minors, by the way, are teenagers, not little children. Um, so this is a very concerning story to me. And again, how is this helpful? How is it helpful to those that seek be- a better life? How is it helpful to those that that uh, want to come to America and to improve uh, the lives of their children or grandchildren if they're paying thousands upon thousands of dollars to corrupt evil uh, cartels that would happily uh, you know, abuse them in the, in, in the dead of night? In fact, there's a lot of reports of gunshots going off you know, in the desert at night, you know, these people are abused and they pay a lot of money to get across that border. We reported earlier this week about the wristbands and how the cartels track their, their, their customers via wristbands. And every cartel has their own branded wristband. Brand. It says who's paid, who's not paid, all of it. 
I mean, it's an absolute uh, atrocity what's going on down there, and the administration seems to be making it worse and not better. There's another story. I mean, there's lots of stories here. Former ICE chief, whole nation, a sanctuary for illegal immigrants now. This is such a mess. It's not even helpful to those that are seeking a better life, which is something we, we are deeply concerned about. Uh, here's another article. Over 100% monthly rise in illegal border crossings by families and unaccompanied children, according to the CBP. And then, of course, the story that broke yesterday, Texas, you'll just have to clean up the mess, according to Biden admin, because they're going to house 3,000 immigrant teens at a Dallas convention center. I was listening to uh, Glenn Beck yesterday um, interview a Dallas County commissioner about this story. And it's, it's, it's insane. It's literally insane. They didn't ask Texas if they, wanted, if they felt okay about this. They just, just, just did it. 3,000 people, not, uh, not socially distanced, not tested for COVID. Who knows how many people are sick? They're able to come and go from the facility. I mean, who knows? What's going to happen? I don't know. Do you? I mean, it's insane. This is not, uh, this is not how you manage the, um, a humanitarian uh, border policy to care for those that need help, the ones that we can help, and do so in a, in a good and organized and legal way. It's literally out of they're out of their minds i don't know what to say about it we'll link to the stories emily what's on your radar oh all that stuff is concerning me as well as to your point about the um kids in cages that there was such an outcry about the the, the kids in cages the kids in cages alexandria ocasio cortez took photos of herself crying outside of the kids in cages we need to, we need them to keep that same energy because there's more kids at the border now than ever before yes it's this is only increased in gravity and um also about the the point about the police not being able to not being able to be policed because of the uh, disagreeing with the progressive agenda the equality act really has just unleashed the proverbial floodgates i mean now and and now the uh, the senate has officially confirmed javier becerra as biden's the biden administration's health chief this man, first of all, has no experience in, with health before, but also this is the man who prosecuted David Daleiden, who sued the Little Sisters of the Poor. Okay, so we're, we're seeing this is really becoming an environment of hostility towards Christian beliefs and particularly Catholic beliefs. So um, just, just the state of this country, we need to pray. And especially today on this solemnity of St. Joseph, we need to pray for uh, an increase in, in masculine courage and and masculinity virtue just to fight against these radical, radical changes that are happening in our country. You know, and I guess if, if I honestly believed that they had their best intention, like they really wanted to help, like they, their heart was bleeding to help these people. If I honestly believe that, boy, I, th- I just think I would feel differently about the whole situation. But I don't, I truly don't believe that they do. I mean, uh, there's so much hypocrisy in the whole thing, in the whole mess uh, you know, that it just, it, it just, I feel like they're using these people, right? They absolutely are. Like, we, it's, it's, we turn a blind eye. We never criticize these cartels and, the, and their coyotes that abuse, I mean, thousands of dollars. I mean, they're coming for a better life, but they scrounge together thousands and thousands of dollars to, to pay these criminals, these thugs, these immoral, evil people. To come across that border, and some don't make it because they're being abused along the way, and they die in the process, or they end up in slavery, indentured servitude, or however, and only to come to America to do what? To fix my plumbing? To pick my fruit? To wash my laundry? 
Is that what the, these people think that that that's the good lot for these people's lives? That's not human. That's that's insane. That just literally, this is so agenda agendized that it just makes me sick to think right. about. These people really are victims of the the left using them to progress their own ideas. And did you know that today there are more slaves in the world than there ever have yeah. been before in history? Why do we not call out the human trafficking, the sex trafficking of innocent women and children on the border who are brought uh, f- to be? child labor, child sex slaves, why do we not call that out as well? Yeah. Because they wanted to make uh, conservatives the enemy. Donald Trump was the enemy. Well, you know, and there's some people are asking, like Patty on the, in the comment box, ask, well, what's Governor Abbott doing? <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good question. I know he's not happy about it, but that in a nickel kits is not much. I did reach out to uh, Ken Paxson's office, hoping to get uh, him on the show today. Uh, unfortunately, he was not able to make it uh, in such short notice. But hopefully, maybe next week, we'll line somebody up, maybe Ken Paxson or somebody else, to get on the program to kind of explain things to us and help us better understand what's going on. What, what, what is Texas or Arizona or New Mexico or California? What are, what are these states able to do in order to uh, alleviate the, the suffering? Because, I mean... It's just insane. It's off the charts. And why does the Biden administration not want us to know the numbers? Why are they preventing uh, the reporting of the actual numbers of people coming across the border? Now, to some degree, maybe they don't know. I'm sure. But I bet to some degree they have a great guess. And they don't want us to know about it. They don't want us to know about that. Why can't we interview the uh, Border Patrol agents? Why can't we uh, uh, take pictures at the facilities and see what the conditions are that people are living in down there? Why, why is that not a thing? I mean, I, I thought in this country the Constitution guaranteed freedom of press, but apparently not under the current situation. And why situation. can't Joe Biden do an unassisted press conference? <laughs> well, <laughs> did you see Putin <laughs> calling him out? I did not. To a, uh, yeah, so of course uh, President Biden called Putin a killer. And uh, Putin responded and, and, and challenged him to a duel of, uh, of ideas. Uh, could you imagine if we still managed our process through actual duels? That would be a sight to see. That would be insane. Uh, could you imagine Putin debating President Biden? Yikes. We live in a crazy world. But don't go anywhere. Good news is ahead. The terror of demons is here with us, praying and interceding for us. And so is Gabriel Castillo. All that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything, except the church. The Catholic Church, says Chesterton, has endured for 2,000 years, and the world within the church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. 
They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Friday, March 19th, and these are your headlines for today. Javier Becerra, California's attorney general and former congressman, was confirmed yesterday by the Senate as secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services. Becerra was one of Biden's most controversial nominations due to his radical positions on abortion and conscience protections. He will take the helm of the health agency amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic with legal experience, but critics have pointed to his lack of public health experience. In a statement, Democrats for Life of America said Becerra's record on abortion should shock and horrify every American. During his Senate confirmation hearings, Becerra refused to name a single abortion restriction he supported and also claimed, I have never sued any nuns, despite his lawsuit that ultimately drove the Little Sisters of the Poor to return to court. He also defended his push for the abortion pill regimen to be prescribed and dispensed remotely, as well as his prosecution of pro-life activist David Daleiden. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced on Wednesday a new education plan that will expressly exclude critical race theory from being taught in public schools. Critical race theory is the view that the law and legal institutions are inherently racist and that race itself, instead of being biologically grounded and natural, is a socially constructed concept that is used by white people to further their economic and political interests at the expense of people of color. DeSantis said, quote, Teaching kids to hate their country and to hate each other is not worth one red cent of taxpayer money. Instead, he argued, our schools are supposed to give people a fountain of knowledge, not supposed to be indoctrination centers where you're trying to push specific ideologies. To that end, his $106 million education plan would incentivize teachers to undergo additional training and certification in foundational concepts of American civics. And Bishop Philip Egan of Portsmouth is calling on Pope Francis to intervene in the German bishop's synodal way before it's too late. The so-called German synodal way proposes pastoral solutions on matters pertaining to sexual morality, priestly celibacy, and the role of women that depart from perennial Catholic teaching. In a tweet this week, the English bishop said, It's right to work through hot-button issues, but at the same time, Rome should reassert the doctrinal parameters, insisting that German Catholics look outwards to service and mission. Bishop Egan said in an interview, My worry is that we're very close to the point of no return with this synodal way, when bishops and people will be promoting positions at variance with the universal magisterium and the church's discipline. This will lead to a de facto schism that will be very difficult and theologically complex to repair. When asked if he was calling for the Vatican to stop the synodal way entirely, Egan responded, The ultimate weapon, of course, would be for Rome to ask the German bishops to close it down. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. I want to thank Real Estate for Life, realestateforlife.org, for generously sponsoring and underwriting a portion of our Catholic Drive Time show. They help uh, connect buyers and sellers of houses uh, to provide like a faith-based experience and to support pro-life institutions along the way. So uh, just so very grateful for their support of this show. Realestateforlife.org is their website. Uh, joining us right now in studio, which is a rare uh, a gem, a benefit, a blessing to have someone in studio with us, but to, the infamous and uh, effervescent Gabriel Castillo uh, 
is here with us this morning. Good morning to you, Gabe. Good morning, sir. Thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it greatly. TrueFaith.tv? Yes, sir. TrueFaith.tv. And Gabby yeah. After Hours on mm-hmm. YouTube? And True Faith Talks and True Faith TV. Boy, we've got all the, the corners covered. <laughs> How many brands do you have? So we've got actually? three. And the reason for that is because we have one podcast channel, mm-hmm. one talking channel, like talks and lectures that I've given, or if I'm talking to you in my office, yeah. and then one high quality production channel. Yeah. I think I learned that tip from you to like diversify the various content. <laughs> don't, you taught don't blame me that one me day. For your troubles, okay, okay, buddy. Well, every day I'm like, why, Joe, why? Well, uh, <laughs> you know, you can, you can plug your ears for a minute, but, yes. uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, Gabriel Castillo is one of the most incredible Catholic evangelists on YouTube today. Uh, the content is captivating, it's engaging, it's challenging, and, it, and it's beautiful. So uh, it's always a great pleasure to have you on the show. So thank you again for being on with us today. Let's talk about St. Joseph. Uh, I like the, the, the contrast between terror of demons and guardian of your family. Yes. So we have to remember that first and foremost, because there's a lot of titles that we've given to St. Joseph, and they're all theologically correct, but first and foremost, He is the perfect father. And how perfect of a father is he that God the Father, from the moment that he had it in his mind that Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, the second person of the Holy Trinity, would become a man, Mm -hmm. that he would entrust him to another man. And this man would have to be perfect because Jesus, being perfect, being God, would have to obey him in every aspect of his life. So this father, whom he's going to entrust his own son to, would have to be perfect. And the greatest love, besides his own son, that God the Father has, is for his daughter, the most pure, the most holy, the most perfect, the mediatrix of all grace, the queen of the angels, would be entrusted to a man. Mm. So this man would have the greatest responsibility, would have to be the model of all the virtues. And what we forget often is that just as he is the perfect father for Joseph and he's the perfect husband for Mary, we are called to be other Christs. And so, too, as we are united to Christ and we're supposed to be models of the Holy Family, St. Joseph is truly our father. Mm. As It's not a secret, all of the ills of society. I heard a statistic recently that in many communities, in many poor communities, their fatherless rate is eight out of ten children don't have a father in many of these communities. Wow. And so, too, we see the, the illnesses that enter our society because of fatherless homes. But how much more is that true for us spiritually? Oftentimes, it's like me and Jesus or me and Mary, but we also need a strong spiritual man in our life. In the Vatican II document, Gaudium et Spes, there's a quote that I like that is attributed to John Paul II having written it. He said that by God revealing himself to man, by Mm. becoming a man, he reveals himself to man. He has revealed humanity to itself because Jesus is a perfect person. And so by Jesus entering a family, he's supposed to have revealed to us what it is like to have the perfect family. And so we already can imagine what it's like to have the perfect mother. And from scripture, we know that Mary is truly our mother. We hear that in the book of Revelation. We hear that at the foot of the cross. But so too spiritually, we have a perfect father who will provide for us like all fathers do. He'll give us attention. He'll give us love. And so we should have great confidence that if we're being united, to Christ, if we're truly trying to give ourselves to Jesus with Mary, through Mary, mm-hmm. that St. Joseph will absolutely provide for us if we entrust ourselves to him. Do we really believe that he is my spiritual father? And many times we don't even give him the opportunity, our human nature is to try and take control. And also he'll protect us. You mentioned that he's the terror of demons. So many men, especially, one of the reasons why we have fatherless homes is because the devil hates men and he hates women and so he's trying to lead them astray 
and we have to call on St. Joseph to help to protect us. And there's, I, I've come up with a couple of ways that we can honor St. Joseph. Mm. The first uh, and best way to honor him, well, they're all great ways, but the first way is by imitation. So as men of families, we have to provide and protect for our family and not just provide for them financially. And St. Joseph provided for the Holy Family perfectly. So when we need to go to him, we can trust that he will also provide for us insofar as we're uh, imitating the Holy Family. So provide for them spiritually, provide for them emotionally. How many fathers do we know who are in the house who check, check, they go into work, they put their card in, they come out, they get home, they turn on the television, they have a beer, they relax, and they're not providing for their children emotionally. Mm -hmm. They're not providing for their children spiritually. Where we do have fathers in the home, so often it's the mom who's leading all the prayers. It's the mom who's the head of the household. I spoke to a young man recently who said that he kind of resented Mm -hmm. his own father for not being the spiritual leader in the home, and that he even lost respect for his mother because she was the one who was overtaking that power. So women sometimes, you know, they have the concupiscible uh, desire to, to dominate over the man. Mm. <clears throat> so it's important that we examine our role. I often wonder how often would St. Joseph be looking at his cell phone if he was alive today? <laughs> his kid, little Jesus wants attention. Oh, I can't. Let me send this email. Uh, you you know what I mean? Right to the heart well, I, I'm, I'm just reflecting on St. Joseph <laughs> in my own life. Another aspect that we really need to pay attention to is protector of the home. Yeah. A lot of times we think of protector being, you know, a man who's going to pull his gun out if somebody's breaking into the household mm. or a man who's going to stand up for his, his wife in public. If she, and that's very important. We have that moral obligation. But there's a deeper enemy that's coming into the house mm-hmm. that we are not protecting against. How many young people have cell phones that they're using unchecked? How many young people have technology in their rooms? And so, sure, Amen. the devil is not going to enter through the front door wearing a long cape and having his tail blowing in the wind. He's going to enter through the, the cracks, through all the weaknesses where we're not being vigilant fathers. Yeah. And one of those ways is by not saying no. If you think about how did Eve fall in the garden? Adam was there. Adam was aware that the serpent was speaking to her. Mm-hmm. And Adam failed to say no. He failed to say, no, get, get behind me, Satan. Get out of here. I will crush your head. We don't have to wait for the woman because the man is here to do his job. <laughs> Amen. And so, too, in the family today, we can look at St. Joseph. St. Joseph never had to tell Our Lady no, and he never, he never had to tell Jesus no. But if Jesus had any rotten friends that were coming over and they were starting to you know, try to you know, influence Jesus in a negative way, I can assure you St. Joseph would have said, no, get out of my house immediately. Yeah. So, too, men today need to tell their wives no, which is a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. When, when their wives are overstepping their bounds, if their wives are dressing immodestly, if their wives are not living up to their spiritual and moral standards, men need to be strong enough to say, no, we're not going to do that in this household. We're not going to spend that. We're going we're gonna to save. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. All the ways that a, a man needs to be strong, but also saying yes in those good things, sacrificial. Hold that thought. Sure. Well, you just <laughs> joined a unique and interesting club of limited number of human beings on planet Earth in the history of the world who, who I've cut off. Because I have to go to a break. So congratulations, Gabriel. You're on a you're on a great list of, of people. But we're going to go right uh, to a short break. We're going to come right back and continue our conversation with Gabriel Castillo about Saint Joseph, the terror of demons, the guardian of your family. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. We were made for God's beauty and love, but we so often settle for things that can never satisfy us. One minute, monk Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. 
It's easy to get attached to what we call the good things in life, such as possessions and success. These participate in God's beauty and goodness, but are still a shadow of that true goodness and beauty which is our inheritance. In his rule, St. Benedict reminds us that when this happens, our priorities are probably not in the right order. We should use the good things of this life rightly and not seek in them a security or a satisfaction they can never give us. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. If we gradually detach ourselves from what culture calls the good things of life, we can attach ourselves more strongly to God's goodness and beauty, which never fail. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, don't forget, if you can jump on our email list, uh, you still have time because I failed, I forgot, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to send the email out yesterday. Anyway, I'll send it out today, I promise. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. So if you want to get in on the email before I do, sign up right now. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can find the sign-up form on our website, and you'll get a free talk for, from uh, Father Bill Casey. It's a powerful, convicting talk on the state of the church at grnonline.com forward slash cdt is the website. But joining us in studio is Gabriel Castillo from Gabby After Hours, truefaith.tv. And we're talking about uh, St. Joseph, terror of demons, and guardian of your family. It's his feast day. It's a special day, right, Gabe? It's a special year in a special month on a special day. Praise be to God. So we left off, and I was saying that one of the reasons how the devil gets into our homes is because we don't say no to the ones that we love, especially we don't say no whenever Satan is entering. But the number one reason that men don't stand up to their children, and, and sometimes even, God willing, they don't have to, but sometimes they have to stand up to their wives and say no, is because they do not say no to themselves. Mm. In order to imitate St. Joseph, St. Joseph was a man who controlled his appetites, who controlled his passions. And so, first and foremost, a man must say no to himself. He must say no to himself when he has a temptation towards lust and he's wasting time on the computer. Mm. He must say no to himself when he's maybe being gluttonous and might be overeating. He needs to control those passions. He needs to say no to himself when he gets home from work and he wants to sit on the couch and watch television or check the news because when he gets home, he has the responsibility, as we said earlier, to provide for his family, to give his wife attention, to give his children attention, to spend quality time and to pray with them. Now, saying no to ourselves is very, very, very difficult. If we could do it on our own, well, we wouldn't need Jesus. But we need the grace of God to do that. And St. Joseph wants to help us with that. Mm. So the second way, besides imitating St. Joseph, that we can honor him is by going to him, is by going to his intercession. And first and foremost, if how can I possibly call to mind St. Joseph and how virtuous he is and even ask him for his help? 
if I don't have images of him in my home, it's important. I encourage every person listening in every family, every Catholic family, to get a large, beautiful image of St. Joseph as a reminder to yourself that you have a spiritual father who's looking out for you. You have a spiritual father who wants to provide for you. And, and big images, they're going to be expensive sometimes, but go out of your way Make that purchase, find something beautiful that really speaks to your heart, and on a daily basis, he's going to bless you. Mm-hmm. Every time you look upon his beautiful face, you're going to say, I've got a father, and he's going to remind you of the virtues he's calling to imitate. And when you're starting to worry about your finances, you'll say, no, I'll go to Joseph. I'm going to let Joseph take care of the finances. Just like children shouldn't worry about paying the bills, so too in the spiritual realm, we shouldn't have to really worry about making these financial choices because we know we have somebody looking out for us. Also, I encourage you to get a statue of St. Joseph. Let's say, uh, I know that there's many people, especially in the Filipino culture, who like the sleeping St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. I have one of those. Sometimes I'll put my uh, intercessions underneath his pillow, and I'll say, I just got to keep praying and wake him up. But the reality is St. Joseph does not sleep on the job. He he barely sleeps, and he's remembered for it. He's so so, uh, disciplined in his his, um, passions and in his appetites that he gets remembered for being a sleeper. But uh, he's not sleeping on our intercessions, I can assure you of that. And then, most importantly, we need his intercession by prayers. Out of sight, out of mind, if he's not on our lips... How can he possibly be helping us if we're not raising our minds and our hearts to him? So the most basic way, because you might be saying, I, I prayed too much last time you were on the radio. You want me to pray so many rosaries. Now I got to do the josaries and do all the St. Joseph prayers. It's very simple, my brothers and sisters. I'm, I don't mean to like burden you. So what's the most basic way that you can remember St. Joseph on a daily basis? After any regularly scheduled prayer time, just say, Chaste Heart of St. Joseph, pray for us. Anytime you pray, just throw in chaste heart of St. Joseph, pray for us. That's all it takes. He was a quiet man. Mm-hmm. He didn't need people constantly like looking after him. A little, a little attention his direction is enough to go a long way. Now, I bet many of your listeners did not know that St. Joseph actually appeared to a modern saint, a great modern saint, a very famous mystic, St. Faustina Kowalska. Mm. And he told her, I will protect you. I will provide for you. I will look over you. And you only have to do a couple of short prayers in my honor. Pray an Our Father, pray a Hail Mary, Mm. and pray the Memorare of St. Joseph. Now, many people have never heard of the Memorare of St. Joseph. I had never heard of it until I read uh, Father Calloway's book. And then I started researching, and I started praying, and I started discerning. And essentially, the Memorare of St. Joseph is very easy if you've never heard it. Simply change the Memorare that you pray to the Virgin Mary. Remember, most gracious Virgin Mary, say, Remember, most gracious St. Joseph, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored your help. And anywhere there's a mother, change it to father. And Hmm. anywhere there's a mother of the Word incarnate, foster father of the Word incarnate. But this is important. Why is this important? Because St. Joseph is saying to a saint, never was it known that anyone who called upon my help or sought my intercession was left unaided. So too, we can be assured that he's not going to leave us unaided. So I, I actually have printed out some memorari cards to give of all of you guys of St. Hey, Joseph. Hey, praise be to God. Thank uh, you. Oh, thank so you. that's why I brought some, I, that you guys can't see it, but I've got pictures and yeah. little, little things here, but they're not just for myself because I have them everywhere. They're like, whoa, this guy's setting up a shrine. What is your favorite image of St. Joseph? This one that I have right here. And can you describe it's by, it for It's radio? by a priest in Salamanca. No, it's, 
It's from the Salamanca College, 1890s, I believe. It's beautiful. A young St. Joseph, beautiful, full beard, one that I'm envious of, one that Joe (laughs) McLean is envious of. And uh, he's holding uh, holding a a young Jesus. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, I'm actually going to... I love the images of young St. Joseph. Yes, I do too. Viral, manly images of St. Joseph. I mean, it's just so incredible to see. And for so long, you just get these uh, images of an old, frail guy, you know, and, and that's the image that we've grown up with, but that's not necessarily the case. Absolutely. And uh, that's why we, when we read the gospel today, we sort of uh, we looked at that one point. I sort of ended on that one point of, you know, Jesus was uh, a son to a man's man. You know, it, yes, and nothing against older people. No, of course not. But as uh, as Mother Angelica first coined the term, Father Calloway stole it, yes. and he admittedly uh, he stole it. it uh, old men don't walk to Egypt. And that's right. No, they don't. Not <laughs> yeah. easily. You know, old, old men aren't going to stand guard uh, and protect this incredible holy family exactly. against all the perils of, of robbers along the way, or anything other, any other dangers that will come the way. So it's a powerful reality to sit and ponder the life of, of a of a man whose life can be, for the most part, hidden, but we have to dig a little deeper to find yes, it. Yes, the theology is very solid. And as you know, I'm a huge devotee of the Virgin Mary, and I'm constantly pushing Mary in consecration. And St. Joseph is the perfect model of Mary in consecration. He's the first one to have said, Totus tuus, Maria, I give you everything. And everything he did was to benefit and to provide and to protect our Lady, for the purpose of serving God. And so anybody who's done their total consecration to the Virgin Mary, and you've dedicated your life to the Virgin Mary, you have nothing to worry about because St. Joseph provided for her perfectly. And so too, if you're at her service, if you're doing her work, he is going to provide for you. Mm. You just have to call upon his name and don't worry about it. A lot of times we do God great disservice by not having confidence in him and having confidence in the intercession of his saints. So I strongly encourage you to learn that memorari of St. Joseph. Mm. For me personally, I've replaced all my memorari of the Virgin Mary oh, so any, to, to the memorari of St. Joseph. And you might say, all but of Gabe, them? all of them. I never say memorari to the Virgin Mary anymore. What? I pray my rosary to her. I feel like she, I feel like she's saying, "Gabe, you can give this prayer to him." Oh. I've got tons of prayers. Mary, he doesn't mean it. I do. Please, I don't, do mean don't it. hold it against him, Marley. And you will ne- you will never meet a guy who loves. Me. Well, you might hopefully you meet men who love her more than me. Yeah. But I love her a lot. I love her so much, but she <laughs> says, "Give this one prayer to Saint Joseph. He asked for it. Give okay. the man. Give okay. them, throw so the man just a one. Just one. Just one. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fine. That makes sense. I can yeah. get with that. Emily, He's, you were going to say something. No, I was just, I'm holding up this image here. Okay. It's my favorite image. But that's so funny. You really, I mean, if you knew how many rosaries Gabriel prayed a day, you'd say, it's okay. He can have the memorari. <laughs> it's memorari. fine. <laughs> I, it just feels so unbalanced. The guy who's providing for me, I'm, Chase Hart of St. Joseph, pray for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll give the man a memorari. Yeah, praise be to God. You know, and I think we can't understate uh, that enough as, as husbands and fathers. Yes. Like, it's our job to, to protect lead and provide for our family and uh, the intercession of intercession of saint joseph is a powerful means with which to do that i well, one of my personal uh pious practices is after holy mass i like to go forward to the altar rail and i usually uh will go to a statue of our lady or uh but when i receive communion it's usually by saint joseph so i'm always speaking to saint joseph during either before during communion or after and i ask him specifically i consecrate my family to i say his protective heart 
and I ask uh, St. Joseph to guard and protect my wife and my children in our property. I also consecrate them to the Immaculate Heart of Mary every Sunday as well. Amen. Uh, but it's, it's like, uh, it, the reality is, when Jesus died, he didn't just die just for us, like, just me and you, that's all there ever is. He gave us his, this incredible family, you know, his mom, his foster father, his father in heaven, the Holy Amen. Ghost, the saints, you know, uh, and, and he gives us this incredible toolkit of graces and sacraments and sacramentals, and we're hardly scratching the surface in use of them. That's right. It's, it's no coincidence that when the church is suffering greatly, and it is, that the greatest thing that the Holy Father could do was dedicate the year to St. Joseph yeah. and to have this feast. It's, it's a very special year, and we're in a very special time in the church, and we can be assured that regardless of even the chaos in the church, mm. the spiritual act of consecrating this year to St. Joseph, if you think about, it's, it's very significant, because if you think about how Christ came into the world, first he came, Mary, Mary entered the scene, then Joseph entered the scene, then Jesus entered the scene. Mm. So now we are set up for a great spiritual awakening. It might be difficult, but there's going to be a great spiritual awakening, and I truly believe that this year of St. Joseph is part of that, setting the stage for that. And let's not forget about uh, Fatima. He appeared at Fatima with That's Jesus right. blessing the world. And That's not. right. All right, uh, Gabriel Castillo, TrueFaith.tv. God love you and God bless you. Thanks for getting up early and coming in today. And thanks for having me on. God bless you yeah. all and go to Joseph. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. It was a great hour. We'll be posting that interview later today on YouTube and on Rumble. We'll also probably send it to you in an email tonight because I forgot to send it yesterday. So look for the email. But if you can stick around for the next hour, we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show and three more opportunities to get into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence because today is the day where we pull the winner and we're going to give out a beautiful image of the Holy Family uh, courtesy of Just Love Prince. If you can't join us on the radio, join us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get the links. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water and the Spirit, that you are born again, just as the Bible says in John 3, verse 5. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues throughout our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by one act of faith at just one point in time. Again, 1 Peter 3.20 says that we are saved by baptism. Hebrews 12.14 says that we will not see the Lord unless we are holy, and that we must strive for this holiness. 
Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, it says we must forgive others or we will not be forgiven. Can you attain salvation if God hasn't forgiven you? No. So our forgiving others is necessary for our salvation. John 6, verse 54 says that we will have eternal life by doing something, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19, verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? No. Jesus said to keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics we are born again, and as Catholics we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans 8.24, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, and that we will be saved, as Paul says in Romans 5 verses 9 and 10, provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize. Salvation is a process, just as Catholics believe and just as the Bible clearly teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for religious vocations. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for vocations to the religious life? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Wow, I ran out of coffee, so I'm 20 ounces in, and uh, by the grace of God, it is Friday, so it's like I'm already thinking of the weekend, and tonight is the, uh, you know, we're going to have Stations of the Cross, Holy Mass, and then St. Joseph's Altar, a wonderful tradition in the church, I, you know, that one that I did not discover until most recently. Unfortunately, uh, you know, all those years, missed opportunity, wow, but today we're going to be, uh, as a family, Celebrating the feast day of St. Joseph. I'd love to know, are you celebrating the feast day of St. Joseph? If you're hanging out with us on a social feed, comment. We surely would love to know. We just finished a wonderful conversation with Gabriel Castillo on the life of St. Joseph, the powerful intercession of St. Joseph, and why his life matters or should matter to us. And we'll be posting that interview by itself as a uh, standalone video on our YouTube channel, as well as our Rumble and on Facebook. And I'll send the email uh, tonight, uh, the one I forgot to send. I'll also include that interview as well. So that'll come by email. If you want to be on our email list, make sure you're on that. Go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right. So in this hour, three last chances to get in on the prize. And this week's prize, speaking of beautiful images, uh, this is a Beautiful image of the Holy Family, uh, courtesy of Just Love Prince. What's their website, Emily? Their website is justloveprince.com, and you can also find them on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. It's a beautiful image. It would look very nice framed. So if you are the winner, 
Make sure you frame it. Put it on your wall. It's going to look really incredible in your home. and It'll bless you mightily. And then have it blessed by a priest, too. I'm just, you know, have, it, have all your items blessed by priests. Uh, we, go, we go probably a little crazy, but, you know, but praise be to God, you can't make enough use of the sacramentals and the graces God provides for us. So just get it blessed, but it's going to be beautiful. That's coming up in a few minutes, so make sure you, uh, you stick around for the game show. And if you want to get in, your last chance, you got to have the phone number ready. you got to be the first caller, and you'll have your opportunity, and we'll pull a name out today. Speaking of, uh, oh, I don't know, what was I going to say? Speaking of beautiful prints, Adrian Fonseca is here. On the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. I am only two-dimensional. I am a print. <laughs> yeah. I am, uh, You're surface uh, level, for sure. Sur- exactly. Exactly. Level, sure. uh, we have predictions today that I will be uh, talking about Joseph and Aquinas. So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> Good we, predictions. We, we people are see. placing bets, are they? Yeah, people are, are putting money down already. And uh, we'll see if we if I disappoint. Who's betting against you talking about Aquinas? I just want to know. Well, I, you know, for the record, Joe, has, spoiler, Joe is going to be mentioning a Dominican for a <gasps> saint of the day. I'm just saying. No way. I'm just saying. <laughs> You do, it, you do it to yourself, According Jeff. to my contract. Was St. Joseph a Dominican? I, I think he might have been. I'm mm-hmm. required contractually to mention at least one Dominican per month. I'm just trying to get it in before the month ends is all. Good <laughs> grief. All right, let's jump in. We're going to pray for your intercession, dear listener. What's on your heart today? You can leave, if you're watching us online, you can always leave your prayer requests in the comments. We'd love to see those. If you're listening to us on the radio or on the mobile app, praise be to God. Thank you and good morning to you. Uh, God knows your intentions and your guardian angel knows your intentions. And so uh, we will include those intentions with our own. And today, and for this hour, we're going to ask, uh, because Gabriel Castillo sort of, uh, you know, laid the uh, laid the Catholic hammer on my heart. Uh, we're going to ask St. Joseph to intercede for us instead of Our Lady. No, no offense against Our Lady. Trust me, she's okay with this. Ouch. We checked. All right. So we're going to ask St. Joseph to pray and intercede for you and for me and for us and for this apostle. Calm down over there, buddy. Adrian's gone crazy. Okay. We're going to pray. Are you ready? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Saint Joseph, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my father. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O foster father of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. The sainthood cause of a Swiss priest who made an impression on Saint Maximilian Kolbe has advanced along with those of six other servants of God. Franciscan conventual friar Leon Viuthé was a professor of ascetical and mystical theology in Rome when he first met St. Maximilian Kolbe in 1933, after which Kolbe described Viuthé in his private journal as a supernatural man, according to the Swiss priest's biographer. Viuthé was walking to the beatification ceremony of Gemma Galgani when he ran into St. Maximilian Kolbe, who later wrote that Viuthé had a supernatural conception of obedience. Pope Francis authorized a decree from the Vatican Congregation for the Causes of Saints on March 18th promulgating the heroic virtue of Father Leon Viuthé, meaning that the priest can now be called venerable. Relics of Carlo Acutis can now be found in a cathedral in Poland thanks to the initiative of a youth chaplain. Father Adrian Sadowski of the Diocese of Elk in Northeast Poland 
was looking for a way to inspire young people who consider themselves spiritual but not religious to see the importance of the sacraments. Father Sadowski said, In today's world, many young people ask questions about the faith and the church. Many say, God, yes, but the church as an institution, no, and some doubt eternity. With this in mind, the Polish priest contacted the Vatican to have a relic of Carlo Acutis officially installed in Elk Cathedral. Blessed Carlo Acutis was a young Catholic from Italy who designed a website cataloging Eucharistic miracles around the world, which he launched in 2005. He died of leukemia a year later at the age of 15, offering his suffering for the Pope and the Church. In 2020, Acutis became the first millennial to be beatified by the Catholic Church. And the Polish diocese is the latest example of one of many Catholic communities around the world looking to blessed Carlo Acutis for inspiration with their youth ministries. And Pope Francis has invited Catholic priests to rediscover St. Joseph and to learn from his fatherhood during this year dedicated to him. Speaking to priests and seminarians on Thursday, the Holy Father said, I invite you to rediscover in a particular way in prayer the figure and mission of St. Joseph, docile to the will of God, humble author of great deeds, obedient and creative servant. The Holy Father was addressing Rome's Belgian Pontifical College to mark its 175th anniversary. And he added, quote, It will do you good to place yourselves and your vocations under St. Joseph's mantle and learn from him the art of fatherhood, which you will soon be called to exercise in the communities and in the ministerial areas and services that are entrusted to you. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Sibliana Biscosi, pray for us. Blessed Sibliana was born in Pavia in Italy in 1287. She was orphaned when she was very young, and she received basically no education and began working as a domestic servant by the age of 10. She went blind by 12, and we don't know what caused it, but she was adopted by a community of Dominican tertiaries there in Pavia, and she developed a devotion to St. Dominic in hopes that through his powerful intercession, her sight would return. But when it did not, she was forced to resolve herself to accept God's will for her life. However, as a consolation, she did receive a vision of St. Dominic, and she took it as confirmation of her desire to join the order. At age 15, she became a recluse, living in a walled-up cell, and she spent her time in prayer. And her, soon, her cell soon became a point of pilgrimage, many people coming for advice and healing. She lived there for 60 years, doing penance, performing miracles, and spreading devotion to the Holy Ghost. Sibliana could sense, and she had the incredible gift of sensing whether or not a a host was consecrated or not. And there is a story about a priest who was passing by her cell on his way to a sick call. And she stopped him and said, Father, the host you're carrying is not consecrated. He checked and wouldn't you know it, she was right. Blessed Sibliana would die on the 19th of March, 1367 in Pavia. She would be interred in a Dominican church there. And her body was found incorrupt in 1854 when Pope Pius XI was beatifying her. Blessed Sibliana Biscosi, pray for us. The Gospel today, in honor of St. Joseph on his feast day, is Matthew chapter 1, verses 16, 18 through 21, and the first part of verse 24. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. 
of her was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Now this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Ghost. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention, when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Ghost that this child has become conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I was just thinking as I finished up that gospel about John taking Our Lady into his home on the very day at the foot of the cross when Jesus said, Behold your mother. And here Joseph is taking uh, Our Lady into his home uh, after this vision he has in a dream. I, have you taken Our Lady into your home? The saints do. Why not you, right? Praise be to God. This is a powerful passage in many ways, and I'll touch on one point, then I'm going to pass it over to Adrian, who didn't get a chance to comment last hour. But uh, the, the, the issue of the divorce is the biggest issue for me in this passage. Too often we've looked at Joseph, as we said in the last hour, as an old frail man who might have been married before, had a bunch of kids, and you know, that's not the right image, I think. I think Father Calloway in his book on the consecration of St. Joseph has really provided great meat to, to ponder and to study and to dive into as to why Joseph was not an old frail man, but a young, virile man. A man who would protect, guard, and guide. A man who would take uh, uh, Jesus as his foster son and, and lead him and teach him and, and just be this incredible father. But why would he divorce then? Well, how about out of humility? How about out of the fact that Our Lady is Queen of Heaven and Earth? She is the Gibira, the Kikaritomene. She is the one full of God's grace. Now, I've been called full of a lot of things. God's grace is not generally one of them, but she is. She is full to the max, to the brim of God's grace, and he knew it. And he knew that she was the young virgin, and her son would be the Messiah. And that would, hum that would be humbling. That would be a, an intimidating experience that he did not feel up to. And this theory, this is called the reverence theory. And guess who took to this theory? Don't tell Adrian Fonseca this, but St. Thomas Aquinas adhered to this theory about St. Joseph. And I think we ought to as well. He was young, he was powerful, he was holy. And he's our intercessor today. Adrian? Well, you uh, you stole my thunder right there at the end, right? <laughs> uh, I was like, "Wow, wow, ouch!" Uh, no, yeah. So Saint Thomas, he he did believe that our he well not believe he espoused very clearly and affirmatively that no, we cannot say that Our Lady uh, was not married to Saint Joseph. He was truly married to one. They were truly married to one another. And so uh, Lapide points out uh, that Jesus was born. In wedlock, but not of wedlock, meaning they were, he was born in a marriage, though not of the marriage because it was not a Joseph's son, uh, by biology, only by, um, foster. And so he says that it's absolutely true. So that's what St. Thomas said. Absolutely true. And that's why he says, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, not thy, thy, um, 
I don't know, fiance, but thy wife. I think that's very, very important. And uh, when, when asked, uh, Cornelius Lapide says that the greatest title for St. Joseph is spouse of the virgin. Why? Because the fact that she's a spouse of the virgin, we kind of lose this in the American context today and in the modern culture because of the uh, rampant feminism in the world um, that St. Uh, Joseph was referred to her by our lady as a lord it says quote the lady of the the lady of the world should not disdain to call the lord saint gregory nazianzen so it's very important this is very very beautiful um and let's meditate on this thing uh, that our lady and our <clears throat> lord and savior jesus christ would have looked to his father and called him lord all right praise be to god in all things saint joseph pray and intercede for us powerful intercession of Saint Joseph, and I love the fact that he is uh, that his cult is coming back in style. You know, praise be to God for that. So, if you've not consecrated your family to Saint Joseph, consider that. But we're going to go to break now. Is the time to call? Last chance to get in on the drawing. A beautiful image of the Holy Family is the prize, and someone's going to get it today. We're going to draw the names out of the cup today. So call right now. Eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four eight seven seven. 757-9424-877-757-9424. Call right now. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? First Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, 
Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome back to Fear and or Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please don't tell anybody I said this, but uh, the, the deal is here, we are secretly trying to teach just a little bit about the faith, but we also want to have a laugh in the process, and to, the, this is the kicker, we also give out prizes. So it's kind of a win-win-win for everything, but uh, here's how the game works. If you're just joining the show and you're like, what sort of insanity is all of this? Well, uh, I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand right here, and I do not ask the caller the questions. No, they don't even need to know the answers to these questions because I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to uh, make a guess. Who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's show sponsor is JustLovePrints.com, which is a ministry, a company, Catholic company started by Lindsay Treza, who's an artist, and she creates these beautiful illustrations that she puts on prints and stickers. And really, guys, you guys need to check out her website because th- this image that we're giving away is just one of many beautiful, beautiful um, creations that Lindsay has made. So we're giving away the Love at First Sight, which is a beautiful image of Mary and Joseph seeing the baby Jesus for the first time at the Nativity. All right. Praise be to God. I love, by the way, seeing the phone lines light up. That uh, that warms the cockles of my heart, as my colleague would say in Dallas, Texas. Uh, so praise be to God. Thank you. If you've tried to call in today, we're very grateful to you. Next week is another opportunity. Brand new prize. Actually, no. I take it back. We're, posing, we're postponing the game next week. So it'll be the week after when prizes are involved. We'll talk more about that in the after show. But let's go to the phones. We always take the first caller as our contestant. Cameron, good morning to you. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, brother. How's it going? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. <laughs> Do me a favor, Cameron, and just turn down your radio because we're getting some feedback from the radio. But uh, it's good to have you on. Where are you calling from, Cameron? I'm calling from West Park Tollway. Uh, I'm driving to work, and uh, I'm on my way to work in Houston, Texas. Praise be to God. Uh, hopefully the traffic is treating you well. No, I got caught in a, uh, a drag race uh, club. There's like a bunch of race cars on the highway this morning. Hopefully the cars around you are driving the speed limit. Uh, yeah, the West Tollway is pretty bare at this hour, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty safe to get to work right now. Awesome. And where do you go to church, Cameron? I go to church at Regina Chaley Parish. Ah, I love the place. I'm very familiar with it. Are you coming to uh, St. Joseph's uh, altar tonight? I am. St. Joseph is my confirmation saint, so that is a cannot-miss occasion. (laughs) Praise be to God. All right. Now, are you familiar with the Fear and Trembling Game Show? Do you understand how the rules work? From what I I heard it explained to me just I don't even have to answer the question out of the top of my head that Emily or Adrian both have an answer, and I get to pick one of their answers instead. Exactly. So you know that Emily and Adrian can be tricky, and they might be trying to trick you and fool you. So you have to listen very carefully, though. Are you ready to go, Cameron? Yes, sir. Here we go. Emily, we'll start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? I'm ready. Are you sure? Absolutely. Here we go. Emily, can you tell me... What is the popular medieval collection of Lives of the Saints called? The popular medieval collection of the Lives of the Saints. What is that called? So this is known as the Golden Legend. Really? 
Yes, you might not have heard of it, but yeah. Okay, okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what is the name of the medieval collection of the lives of the saints? Uh, yes, that would be, if I my memory serves correctly, the uh, Butler's Lives of the Saints. The Butler's Lives? Are Butler's you, Lives of the Saints. Mm-hmm. Are you, you sure? Yep. Okay, okay. So Adrian is on the hook for the Butler's Lives of the Saints. And Emily is on the hook for the Golden Legend. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cameron, what say you? I say that I believe Butler's Lives of the Saints wasn't published until 1894, so I believe Emily is correct. Oh, wow. The survey says. Wow. Well, dang, there we go. Ouch. How Adrian. did you know when it was published? <laughs> <laughs> well done, Cameron. You, uh, you very astutely picked up uh, what Adrian was putting down. And you knew it to be false. So, so praise be to God, Cameron. You get, you're in the coffee cup of divine providence. Congratulations, sir. Dale, good idea. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Second question. Adrian, we'll start with you. Awesome. Adrian, can you tell me how many kinds of grace are there? How many kinds of grace are there? There would be two times of grace, uh, sanctifying and actual. Sanctifying and actual. So you're on the hook for two. Let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me how many kinds of grace are there? What do you mean how many kinds? Grace is grace. There's just one kind of grace. So your answer is one? Yeah. All right. So Emily is on the hook for one, and Adrian is on the hook for two. Survey says... Oh, actually, we got to... Survey says... 15 seconds on the clock. I forgot my job. 15 seconds (laughs) on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cameron, what say you? Well, uh, I... Remember very clearly from catechesis that uh, that sanctified grace is a specific kind of grace. So I'm going to go with Adrian on this one. Survey says, congratulations, two for two. See, I almost gave it to you, Cameron, but I didn't need to. You already know the answers. Praise be to God. We we should have a stump Cameron show. We'll have we'll have, we'll have Kathy we'll have Kathy and Cameron go head to head. Yes, uh, a little uh, MVP, a heated match there. Of, of a trivia all-star game all-star game all right uh, cameron third opportunity here in the coffee cup of divine providence uh this one uh, this one let's this is going to be a good one i think a teachable moment for the rest of us so we're going to go back to emily emily are you ready yes here we go what is the name of the list of books which catholics were forbidden to read possess or sell under penalty of excommunication um I can't remember. I think it's the anathematized books. The anathematized books? I think so, yes. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Hashtag bring it back. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Inner voice, Adrian, next time. Inner voice. Okay. (laughs) Adrian, we'll go to you this time. Adrian, what is the name of the list of books which Catholics were forbidden to read, possess, or sell under penalty of excommunication? Uh, Let's see. I believe... That is the Index of Prohibited Books. The Index of Prohibited Books. So Adrian is on the hook for Index of Prohibited Books. And Emily is on the hook for the Anathematized Books. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cameron, what say you? I think it's Adrian. And I think think you weren't able to do this. uh, But then it was started off in 1966. So I think it's Adrian. I, I think that's the right answer. A, it's a Adrian survey says 
Well there we done, go. Cameron. Three you for three. Right. three easy three. peasy. Perfect score, Cameron. Well done, sir. Those were easy questions, were they not? Uh, um, you know, I'm just I'm lucky that I the third one, I'm lucky I just ran across the name of it in some random Wikipedia article that I was in a rabbit hole for. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best of us. <laughs> but, uh, I hate yeah, it when I get caught up in no. Wikipedia and can't get out. It's like, oh, Lord, save me. Deliver me from Wikipedia. Uh, well, praise hey, be to God, Cameron. You're three questions in. We are going to go ahead and stir the coffee cup of divine providence. Uh, Emily is adding your name right now. And no, 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 no. Give it a good stir. I mean, okay, like, I'm literally taking the. I'm okay, gonna... you're, she's yeah, she's really giving it a good stir there. We're, I'm going to keep you on the line, Cameron. Whoa. But just warning, they if all it, just fell. If it, she doesn't pull your name out, I'm so sorry. It was not God's will. Uh, but who knows? Let's just see how okay, it goes. We have, I a, have a name. All right, here we go. And the winner is John. John. From earlier this week, yes. Sorry, Cameron. Uh, I'm so sorry. It was not God's will that you should win this print, but we are very grateful for your participation today on the show. God love you. God love you, too. Have a great morning. God bless you. We'll have a great day, and we'll see you later. All right, that's going to do it. But, John, congratulations, John. You are the winner of this beautiful print. And what's, again, the prize and the website and all that? The prize is the Love at First Sight print from JustLovePrints.com, which you can find on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wow. Check it out. Uh, that's very cool. So, John, we'll be in touch, and we'll get the uh, print sent out to you. Congratulations, and again, thank you for being a participant. So, what's going to happen next week? Well, because next week is a very special week, it's share week here across the Guadalupe Radio Network, we are going to, in our second hour, the hour we're in now of our show is going to be affected next week, Tuesday through Friday. So we thought we would simply postpone the game show next week uh, until the week after. So we'll have a new prize, a new set. But next week, we still probably will do some trivia questions in 9 o'clock Central, 10 Eastern. Maybe when, asking Joe instead. When the Catholic Drive Time team is going to be on the radio raising money for our Catholic Radio Apostolate. So that's next week. It's a special week. It'll uh, The week after, we're back to regular schedule. What? Coming up here in just a couple of moments is going to be the Holy Mass. If you're going to Mass, please keep us in your prayers and your intentions. We'd be very grateful to you. If you are able to join us in the after show, you get to drive the conversation to my dear listener. Whatever you want to talk about, that's what's on the agenda. We'll read your comments. We'll interact with you in the after show and chat about whatever comes to mind. And uh, we'll do so coming up here in just a moment. If you can join us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We'd love to have you comment, like, and share those videos as well. If you're not going to join us, well, God love you and God bless you. We'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Have a great weekend. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God, where we conversate about whatever you want to conversate about. We let our hair down and do so more casually. 
and some of us have more hair than others. And uh, Angelo, God love you. I know you're going off to work. Uh, have a great weekend, and thank you for joining our program today. It's uh, it's always good to see you, Angelo. Praise be to God. <clears throat> I also see uh, 93 is back. Praise be to God. Good to see you, 93. YouTuber, that's a great uh, YouTuber. That's a good good handle. I can't believe you were able to secure that. We got a YouTuber on. A YouTuber. Praise be to God. <laughs> Uh, Mo- Monica <laughs> and Lori and Kathy, Mr. Thomas. I see you all on YouTube over there. Leticia, good morning. Uh, praise be to God. Good to see you, Leticia. Uh, of course, yes. we said Angelo. Tons um, of questions today. Yes. Awesome. I'm, I'm scrolling back yeah, up. Yeah, YouTube is blowing up. I'm trying to make some make up some ground here from uh, from not being able to pay too close attention to the chat box during the show. So I'm scrolling up see, to see Did you already say other. Glenn? Glenn, good Glenn's morning. On, we um, had Joe on earlier on Facebook, Joanne. And Joanne, Rosa. yeah, that's right. Christopher Chance, praise be to Christopher God. Patty is back with us. She said she was uh, gone the last couple days or yesterday because she was uh, with her grandkids. She having her grandkids oh. stay over. So Wonderful. that's pretty awesome. Uh, Rosanita it was on with us. Um, let's see. Did Joaquin. I miss anyone else? Joaquin is on. Sean. Sean. Good morning. Oh, good morning. and we had a, uh, someone from um, Station of the Cross, Eric. He said, good morning. Hashtag hey. no sin gang, D-Town chapter repping. Hey. Uh, so there we go. You go, Eric. You're the man. God, that's great. No sin gang. YouTuber on YouTube. Josh, Josh, good morning to you. Had a really interesting story. Oh, did he? Read it. I didn't see that one. He said, I had a dream with Carlo Acutis. He told me, no anger, no confusion, no millions of dollars. Renew the heart of Jesus. And then he says, "Amen." I think what the message means that we have to spread the Eucharistic miracles to all people. Yeah. Amen. Valentin, good morning to you. Chris Velasquez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Amen. I love that. I like the uh, I like the contrast, you know. St. Joseph, terror of demons and guardian of your family. Praise be to God. Al- Alaric. Is that how you say that? Alaric? Is that correct? Alaric? I don't know, I don't know where you're looking. That's where? that's awesome. On YouTube. Alaric. Oh. Alaric, yeah. I'm, I'm switching. We have to switch back and forth. Yeah, there's tons of Unfortunately, it would be great if there was like a one place you can bring all comments to that one place and view them all. That would be Truly amazing, but unfortunately, I don't. We don't have that right now. Chris says, uh, "Good morning, CDT." Did you already say good morning? Yeah, praise oh, okay. be to God. He said, "Is today is also my dad's birthday? May he Whoa. may he rest Happy. in the presence of Christ." Happy Praying birthday. for your father. That's awesome. Yeah, Amen. Uh, so uh, I saw Kathy was commenting too a bunch up up top there. Yes, trying Kathy. to scroll through all this. She stuff. has a really fun schedule planned for today. So oh, Kathy, yeah. Kathy said she went to seven a.m. Latin Mass. She's wow. doing the consecration of Saint Joseph. She's praying outside the abortion clinic. Then she's going to do the Stations of the Cross and another Mass for the Solemnity. That's awesome. That's pretty big. You go, Kathy. Now, are you doing a Saint Joseph's Altar celebration? Now, Adrian, pop quiz: What's a Saint Joseph's Altar celebration? Honestly, I don't know much about it. Is that the it. one with all the food on it? It's the one with all the food on it. Yeah, that's, 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 all, that's literally all I know about it is there's something to do with food and lots, bread. Lots um, of bread involved. Oh, but one thing I do know about it that um, is that the reason why it was typically was uh, non-meat products was because it was only until recently that first-class feasts uh, were considered um, days of meat. Like you could, uh, you could shed off your uh, abstinence on First class feast. That's a recent um, addition. So that's why you'll see um, pictures of St. Joseph altars with no meat. It's all uh, bread and other kinds of non-meat products. Uh, So that's cool. When we lived in New Hampshire, 
we were parishioners at St. Joseph's in Belmont, New Hampshire. And of course, this, the feast day always fell in the holy season of Lent. But Father threw the biggest party, the biggest feast. It was always massive. Um, we didn't know much about St. Joseph's altar in those days. Now, it's Al-Uric. Al-Uric. Is that, is that better? Al-Uric? Is that right? Praise be to God. Where are you Al-Uric. from? Al-Uric. Al-Uric. Uh, where... Aluric, where are you from, Aluric? I want to know. Uh, praise be to God. 93. We got questions, 93. Okay, you're from Canada. Are you Canadian? Are you Russian living in Canada? I mean, um, <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, so uh, we're just curious. That's all. Praise be to God. We're glad you're back. Good to see you again. Mr. Thomas, good to see you too. You were out, I think, yesterday? You weren't around yesterday? It's good to see you. Let's see. Uh, one, uh, so we had a lot of really good uh, questions. Yeah, I'm today. trying to find the questions. Well, I'm going to go with Chris's question first. It was oh, can a, I thank some folks for sharing? Yeah, go ahead. Like Joanne and Patty and Richard. Thank you for sharing. I see. Um, I'm seeing a bunch of shares here, and praise be to God for it. Thank you for sharing our video. I can't see who shares videos on YouTube. I'm not able to see it. So if you've shared and you've liked, God love you. Thank you for doing that. Um, we're very grateful to you. I'm only able to see the number of shares on the Facebook side. So thank you to everyone who is sharing our content. It really means a lot to us. Praise be to God. Go ahead, Adrian. Uh, let's see. The question was, proposed question for the after show, how should Catholics reconcile the required marital act in the sacrament of matrimony with the teaching that both the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph are lifelong virgins? Uh, this is a great question, and uh, and it's a question that comes up quite often in regard to the virginity of the Blessed Virgin Mary and, of course, of St. Joseph, too. Um, but it's the consensus of the church that they were both ever-virgins. Uh, it's also the consensus that St. Joseph was a ever-virgin as well, as you noted here, um, because he was uh, – a lot of people will claim that the brothers and sisters of Christ were actually children of St. Joseph, which is technically a opinion that was held by some of the fathers, but the majority of the fathers believe that they were just uh, other relatives, cousins, and the like. But um, here, it's very important to see that uh, whenever we look at the sacrament of matrimony, uh, the sacrament of matrimony did not yet exist in uh, our time, the time of our Lord. And even in our own time, like today, we have uh, what is called Josephite marriages, which is a marriage where the spouses are chaste. This is a rarity. It doesn't happen often, um, but it still does, it does happen and the, the marriage is still valid because of the potential, uh, for life and the willingness to be open to life if it be God's will. So Our Lady, for instance, whenever the angel Gabriel appeared to her and said that she would bear a son, she asked, how can this be for I know not man? Now, this wasn't a question of doubt. She wasn't like saying, oh, that's impossible. I can't, I can't have children. Um, in fact, it's kind of strange that she would say that if she was planning on having relations with Joseph, because that would mean that she would just, she would have just assumed, oh, that means whenever, uh, I have, uh, whenever me and Joseph get married and whenever we uh, have a child, that child will be the son of God. Cool. Uh, that's what she would have assumed, but she knew because she was an ever virgin, because she took a vow of virginity, that she would not have relations with St. Joseph ever. And so she was like, how can this be? So how, she's asking, in what way will this happen? Do you want me to uh, cast away my vow? Because uh, God can can do that. He can make you, he can uh, decide that your vow is no longer binding to you and free you from that vow and have you do something else. He can do that. He's God. So he, our lady's asking, well, how, how can this be? Is it, am I going to get rid of the vow or how, what is this going to work? How is this going to work? 
And so our Lord, of course, then overshadows her with the power of the Holy Ghost, and uh, she bears a child, that child being our Savior. And so, uh, yeah, it, the, all these things uh, correspond to one another to show that, yeah, you can have a Josephite marriage, technically speaking. It's not the normal means, but it is a possibility and still be sacramental. And the sacrament of marriage at the time of our Lord uh, did not yet exist until after our Lord. Amen. Praise be to God. Now, um, is Alluric a new con- Are you a brand new commenter? Oh, no. oh, oh you've no. been commenting before. But you know who is a brand new commenter? Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I'm scared. YouTuber. Oh, I'm scared. YouTuber's brand new comment. First time commenter. You know what oh, happens uh-oh. with first time commenters? Uh, uh, cringe. Here, here we go. You get the uh, you get the the horns of the apocalypse. Ah. Oh. Ah. Until Adrian decides to find us a, a much cooler uh, f- sounder for first time commenters, that you're stuck with the uh, the horns of the the judgment, Ouch. the apocalypse. Uh, yeah, that was that's a thing. That was Welcome, great. YouTuber. <laughs> that was We're wonderful. glad to have you here, and Alaric too. He's 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 thinking to himself, Alaric's, why did I come here again? Alaric's from Nebraska. Praise be to God. Nebraska is a descent. beautiful state, by the way. I've been there one time. A friend of mine was being ordained in the FSSP, and I took my oldest son and my my oldest daughter up there, and we had a great trip. It was so much fun. Praise be to God. Now, I've never been to Canada. I, no, I take that back. I have been to Canada. I've been to Montreal. What am I talking about? I've been to Canada. Praise be to God. Uh, but, you know, here's the regretful thing. I've been to Canada a couple times. So what am I saying? I've also been to Toronto. <laughs> Montreal. I went to Montreal, and guess what I didn't do? I never went to St. Joseph's Oratory. <gasps> it's shameful. Joe. It's truly shameful. A missed opportunity there. A totally missed opportunity. And at the time, it was Blessed Andre Bissette. And I could have gone, could have gotten, you know, my, my holy oil from there, but I didn't. I, I'm a very ashamed of myself. But Kathy says her brother lives in Belmont, New Hampshire, where we lived. We lived in Gilmanton, but we went to church in Belmont. And, uh, and her sister, who's passed, also lived there. Praise be to God. What a small little world we live in. That's awesome. Small Catholic world for sure. Guys, this is hilarious. I'm sorry. I can't stop laughing. But 93, I was trying to translate what he said in Greek yeah. on YouTube. Was I was Russian. like, these Greek words He's don't. Not Russian. E- it's Russian. No, no it's, it's Greek. Greek. It's Greek. Sure? I know yes, how to. Yes, Greek. I studied yeah. Greek for a year. Yeah. And I was, I was like, I've never seen these Greek words before. And he just, he wrote in English, but transliterated. It says, I know some Greek. But he wrote it in English in Greek letters. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. Interesting. Uh, uh, YouTuber, uh, Mr. Thomas wants us to record the horns of the apocalypse, by oh, the way. Oh, no. I, I think he's very wise and astute, oh, no. Mr. Thomas. Uh, he also says, I have a Lee jacket that is 100% like Adrian's. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So uh, what I'm hearing is you're a man of culture. That's, that's what I'm hearing. Adrian has quite a variety of jackets. <laughs> yes, he does. Praise be to God. He's, a YouTuber has a question. I have a question. If a person is vegan, and I know there's a lot of vegan options like Impossible Meat, which tastes like meat. Uh, impossible? Is that the right word? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. A, it's a brand. Uh, okay, Impossible Meat that tastes like meat, but it's plant-based. Is that okay to eat on Good Fridays? Hmm. Yes. Technically, yes. yes. It's not meat. Yeah, it's not meat. Not meat. It is not meat. Can you drink an O'Doul's during the holy season of Lent? It's not alcohol. It has no alcohol. Also, you can drink alcohol during Lent. I know, but <laughs> a lot of us give up alcohol for Lent. Um, Mr. Thomas says, Adrian, can you say some words how and why Joseph died? 
why Jesus did not ascend him to heaven. Also, did the Virgin Mary die? Was she ascended before or after passing? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, the latter question is easier to answer. The Blessed Virgin Mary was assumed into heaven after her earthly life. That's a, um, a dogma of the church, so that's something that all Catholics must believe in order to be Catholic. So, yes, Our Lady was assumed into heaven at the end of her earthly life. The debate comes whenever people say, did she uh, fall asleep or did she assume uh, just at the end, like literally, like she just was brought straight up to heaven. Uh, most Westerners uh, believe that she was assumed directly into heaven. The Eastern Church tends to believe that the dormition of Mary, Our Lady, fell asleep. And then three days later, she was assumed into heaven. Uh, so I actually adhere to the Eastern position because I think the tradition is stronger. And I also think that the theology is more profound. And so the Eastern position says, states that Our Lady, at the end of her earthly life, our Lord appeared to her and asked her, uh, told her, Mother, would you like to be assumed into heaven uh, now or would you like to experience death? And she said she would like to be conformed to her son in all things. And so she uh, wanted to experience death in order to have that suffering uh, of death, just like her son, and uh, be assumed into heaven afterwards. And so uh, she decided to die. So she did die. And then she was assumed into heaven three days later, just like our Lord, and the tomb for three days, uh, after which she appeared to, to the Apostle Thomas uh, because he was late and didn't get to be there. Um, he was late again. Uh, but this time he had a good excuse. He was in India. Now, the question of St. Joseph is a slightly more difficult question. Um, the general consensus is that he uh, was assumed into heaven, at least in the in uh, most Catholic circles. He the um, the consensus is he assumed it to heaven. The reasoning for it is because one, he uh, as the as the father of the foster father of uh, as a father, I'm, my mouth is like <laughs> not working today. My as the foster father of our Lord, it would be unjust and un and not right, not fitting that our Lord in heaven would be united with his mother, but not with his father bodily. And so that he would have brought his father with him. Uh, when did this happen? This would have been on and uh, the end of Matthew. I think it's Matthew 26 when people are when all the people are raised from the dead. Our Lord descends into Sheol, where the place of the uh, the limbo of the of the fathers, where uh, Saint Joseph would have been. Now, there's a great meditation. I forget who gives the meditation. I have to go back and find it. Um, but he says that. When our Lord descends into Sheol and sees his father, St. Joseph would have turned to him and said, Oh, you who I held in my hands, who I saved and fed uh, from my own hands, who worked for you, do now please uh, work for me and bring me uh, to your house. Take me into your home as I took you into my home. Uh, and it's such a beautiful passage to show the relationship between Joseph and our Lord. It's uh, very beautiful. If I can find it, I'll definitely share it here. But yeah, so yes, yeah, so it's the general consensus that that happened as well. And one of the proofs of this is that we have no relics of St. Joseph or the Blessed Virgin Mary. The only relics we have of them are uh, objects that they would have held. So like, for instance, we have the relic of the veil of Our Lady, and we also have relics of the workshop of St. Joseph. So no first class relics of them, no body parts from them, because they would have assumed and directly into heaven. Uh, also, they St. Joseph died with Our Lord and Our Lady by his side. That's why he's the patron saint of a happy death. And how could someone like that uh, who died side by side with our Lord and our Lady not uh, be brought into the kingdom of heaven uh, bodily. Um, so Amen. Th those, are, those are the main reasons why, and I think, I think that's good. And also it's uh, assumption, not ascension. Uh, the notable difference being 
ascension refers to our Lord because he was he assumed into heaven. He ascended to heaven by his own power uh, because he is God. Uh, whereas for Our Lady and St. Joseph, they cannot ascend into heaven because they do not have the power to do so. It was Our Lord who assumed them into heaven, who brought them up into heaven. So that's a slight distinction. Um, Alaric asks, uh, have you heard of the tradition of assumption, which you just referenced? And I wanted to, um, I wanted to mention that if you don't have Father Calloway's book on the consecration of St. Joseph, you should check it out. I can't recall the details off the top of my head, but I'm 99% sure Father Calloway addressed the assumption of the body of St. Joseph in the book. Could also listen to me and Emily's interview. Yes. Oh, well, the only way you're going to get to that, though is if you are a donor next week during our share every single donor of, of the share next week, Tuesday, starting on Tuesday, gets a copy of the interview that Adrian and Emily did with Father Calloway. And it's a pretty powerful interview, by the way. And it's just for the share So it was a custom one-off bespoke interview. And every single donor next week is going to get a copy of that. Praise be to God. But you can buy his book, and, you, and it has a lot of details in there, a lot of quotes. Uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty jam-packed, and I'm 99.9% I'm sure that it's, he's got some references in does, there. Yeah. So there 100%. you go. Uh, praise be to God. I know, I, oh, yeah, there was uh, Gloria. Gloria over on the, YouTube, on the Facebook side, uh, Gloria Diane Lopez, she says, Good morning to you, by the way, Gloria. Thanks for joining us today. Says, we'll be listening to Restore Hope, Go to St. Joseph, a free conference today organized by National Shrine of St. Joseph. Lots of great Catholic speakers, including Teresa Tamio and Father Calloway. Now, is there like a link to that, Gloria? If you can post a link, maybe we can, uh, we'll share that. Praise be to God. Um, what else? Let's see here. Looking around to see who else is on... Um, Oh, good morning, Glenn, by the way. Good morning. Says, when visiting England a few years ago, I acquired a copy of Butler's from the 1800s. I have a copy of Butler's, um, and it's a really old copy. I can't. I don't remember the date it was published, but mine is very old, and it's brittle, and my kids play with it like it's going out of style. And I'm always worried it's going to rip the cover off. I love Butler's Lives of the Saints. You know, they, uh, there's a YouTube channel for Butler's Lives of the Saints. You can actually uh, listen to them read uh, read the entries there. It's very, very good. Have a great day, Sean. Praise be to God. Thanks for joining the GRN team, by the way. Good to see you. Um, who else? Praise be to God in all things. Uh, what's, what's, what's going on for the weekend, you guys? I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, the double-edged sword of stimulus money. On one hand, it's great to have cash. On the other hand... I worry that my my great 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 grandchildren will be enslaved uh, financially uh, because printing money on demand and then just putting it into people's bank accounts is generally not good for the economy. Um, so I don't know. I'm but I get to fix my car and I'm pretty good. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, about that. Emily and I uh, don't get to uh, party like it's uh, like it's 1984. <laughs> like it's 2021. <laughs> 1984. Uh, no, I, I'm still waiting on that. I haven't gotten any stimulus checks, so... I don't think we're going which to. I can't, I can't demand it, because I'm kind of like, you know, calling out the debt, so I can't be like, give me the money I, also, I, I hate know. the debt. <laughs> like, I, I, so my friend called me, he's like, did you get your money? I'm like, what money? What are you talking about? He's like, you, your stimulus money. I'm like, I'm not getting any stimulus money, get out of here. And I check my bank account, I'm like, that is criminal. <laughs> like, to put cash in people's bank accounts... 
uh, and just print it like out of thin air is it's insane. But then, like, how are you going to complain? Because it's free money. <laughs> but well, the, you what know, about hyperinflation. Oh, it's absolutely a terrible idea, the, the, but it's also free money. Do you remember, <laughs> like, you might remember, or you might have seen, rather, not remember, but have seen, like, right before the rise of Nazism in Germany, and they were all bankrupt, there's images of, like, wheelbarrows full of cash that, that they would use to go buy, like, simple things, bread, milk, eggs, because... <laughs> Hyperinflation is off the charts. I don't know what you just read, but it had to be funny. So, like, I, I, I don't want my kids to, uh, to have to face hyperinflation, no matter how much money I would love to have in my bank account. Yeah, well, what was uh, that, that so Adrian? I'm laughing because uh, Chris said exactly what I was about to say. He said, uh, stimulus money. Thank you, Congress, for giving me back a minute proportion of the money you took from me in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> or, or how about this? You know, you're going to print $1.9 trillion. How much of that are you giving to Americans uh, that are citizens that are struggling versus how much are you giving to organizations that, of your pet project? Most of it. Most of it. Uh, yeah. The other thing is um, I was listening to Matt Walsh and he was saying, uh, you know, what probably would have been a better idea is instead of taking out trillions of dollars um, instead, why don't we just uh, not tax everybody for a year? There you like go. Wow. Be, like, Can you how, imagine how much instead. money? You, yeah. Anyway, I hate the stimulus checks. I'm going to get a manicure, but I'm going to hate it while I do it. It's going to really kill me inside. <laughs> oh, this is rough. Oh. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Please I'm not keep doing going. anything. Yeah. I have, we're not, I'm not getting a stimulus check, but, you know, it's fine. My, uh, my family. I get to fix my it. car. I'm pretty happy about that. Actually, <laughs> get but, a new car. No, I'm not. No. Uh-uh. I am a uh, try not to be in debt kind of a guy. And uh, we, you know, we we work. My wife and I have worked very hard, and by the grace of God alone, I've been able to pay down our debt, save one thing, and that's our mortgage. So owning our cars outright has, has been a huge blessing for us. I love my old car; it is very old, but I love it, and keeping it going is awesome. And so I get to I get to do things to my car that I've been wanting to do for a while. So I'm grateful for that. But golly, you is you got to lift it. Uh, I'm get gonna, some new rims. I'm getting I'm getting get some, 87 some inch tires. Fire, some uh, some streaks. Some racing racing stripes on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know I, I I did get caught up in a drag race club today. That's happened to me more than once in the streets of Houston. At like 4 a.m. So it's interesting what happens is I know the, usually the last time it happened it happened during the middle of the day. Really? And it was it a, to me at night. It Yikes. was a motorcycle club that did it the last time. This time it was all like Corvettes and you know I saw a little hatchback or something. But there was a bunch of cars and they're very sneaky. I was driving and like 3:30 in the morning. Usually there's not a lot of traffic going on, so you kind of notice some things. And there was a, a shiny Corvette off to the side of the road with a hood up, and they're like, you know, checking stuff out. And I'm like, that's awfully weird for this time of the morning. Going for a joyride in your Corvette and you're, you're with your hood up. And then so I just kept going, and the next thing you know, uh, I'm seeing these cars starting to whiz by me really fast. And then I, I see another car off to the side of the road with a hood up. And so those are, those are lookouts. They're, they're, they're communicating to the whole club, the whole group, where the police officers are. So that they can inform the group when and where they're allowed to lay the hammer down, as so to speak. So, uh, and then what they tend to do is some of the people in the club. If you're not racing, your job is to block traffic. So they will block all the lanes of the highway to keep the traffic back 
so that the two that are going to race will have a free uh, strip to race off of. So, uh, boy, it was like it's too early in the morning, guys, to be trying this. But on the other hand, I, if you're going to do it, I guess I'm glad you did it that early in the morning because, boy, would it be super annoying to have you people blocking traffic during rush hour. So, yeah, that Don't was kind of, could a, do it. kind of a thing this morning. Uh, let's see. Alaric says, one priest says, God only asked 10%. The government asked more than God himself. Yes. Ouch. Let that sit oh. Ouch. He said, I think Let he deserves more than the government. Yep. I think so, too. Amen. I think God deserves everything. Uh, so, yes. If, oh, if M- we, if Monica not, thinks Matt Walsh would be a great guest. What do you think, guys? Yes, that would be great. I We're, think I've tried. I tried. We're working I on tried, it, Monica. I tried. I also tried for Michael Knowles and a bunch of other people. And so far, no bueno. I'm still trying, though. Praise God, I would love to have Matt Walsh on. I think he's fantastic. Uh, Michael Knowles is... Michael Knowles lately? Oh, my heavens. He's been going off, yeah. That guy pulled... He, he was always... It's like he's Catholic. He was always Catholic, but lately, uh, wouldn't you argue? He is, he's like Catholic. He's like really gone Catholic. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been watching Michael Knowles since, I don't know, since he's like on episode 40. Uh, now he's on like episode like yeah. I remember 400. you introduced me to Michael Knowles. Yeah, I, I way love back. Michael Knowles, and I used to I I I joined I started watching the Daily Wire because I saw Ben Shapiro roasting people, and I thought it was hilarious. And then after I started looking at Daily Wire, I started watching Michael Knowles, and I, then I realized over time that he was Catholic. And then over the course of the last few years, he's like become more and more explicitly Catholic. And now he's like talking about the feast of Saint Joseph on his show. He's talking about like um, Thomas Aquinas. He's talking about. Uh, um, the, the sacraments and I'm just like blown away I'm like dude this guy this guy he had people every Friday he does a mailbag and people are always asking him Catholic questions and it's so funny just hearing him go off uh, yesterday he was uh, advocating for book burning uh, for <laughs> in regards to um, the Inquisition and burning heretical books and blasphemy laws he's like yeah we totally need to bring black blasphemy laws I was like dude this guy's awesome <laughs> wow yeah so we've we've reached out to them and uh, so far it's not worked out but I mean, God's will be done. Uh, we, your grandmother gave us great advice. Ask the guardian angel to go and, and uh, try to book them. And I've, yes. been, I've been asking my guardian angel. I think my guardian angel is like, uh, can we just get you to confession first? I mean, uh, <laughs> let's start with baby steps before we start going advance mode here. So anyway, um, there's a lot of guests I would love to have. And uh, as of right now, it's just it's not been not been lining up for whatever reason. So hopefully, prayerfully, we'll get some good, great guests lined up for you in the very near future, and maybe it'll include people like Matt Walsh. Let's, we'll have to see. Praise be to God. Matt Walsh's book, Church of Cowards, it's so bad. Like, it's crazy. Cannot believe he called out. <laughs> He's just talking about how the, uh, the church is uh, failing to uh, stand up for the, the truth and for things that matter. And I'm like, amen, brother. Amen. Um, and Michael Knowles is coming out with a book soon with Regnery, who we had um, – Oh, two yeah. people on from Regnery. We had the publisher on, and we also had um, the Gospel according to St. John from Mary's Voice in the Gospel of John. That was also published by Regnery. So uh, his, Michael Knowles' new book, um, I think it's Speechless, Controlling Minds, Controlling Something or Other. I forget. But it's really a good concept. I haven't read it, of course, because it hasn't come out. But the idea of it is something that I've been talking about for a long time, something about uh, talking about how words have meanings and they're important 
and people try to change what words mean in order to change the hearts and minds of people. And I think this is incredibly important. And the reason why I bring it up often, I think this is probably where Michael Knowles is getting this from too, is the very idea of philosophy. They say 90% of philosophy is definition and distinctions. Uh, you have to define words and make distinctions between ideas in order to do philosophy. Mm. And um, if you fail to do that, then you have you can't express thought, you can't have communication. And that's what's happening today is a breakdown of communication. Um, they are holding opinions that are con- contradicting they're saying both at the same time men can become women and women can become men at the same time they're saying there is no difference between men and women these ideas are mutually exclusive yet they're holding both of them at the same time and you can't do that logically but the problem is they don't care about logic it's all yeah. about uh, just control it's all about control yeah all right well praise be to god in all things um don't forget uh, i'm gonna be uh, as a mea culpa i'm gonna be sending out the email that I forgot to send or failed to send yesterday, so I'll be doing that today. Um, I also want to mention, um, they are not sponsors of ours, Glory and Shine. You ought to check them out, Glory and Shine. Super cool organization. Uh, they are trying to create good products that people will use, that will bless them, but they're also trying to incorporate that with their, their love of the Catholic faith and, like, I'm going to be buying the Beard Bomb thing. I've never used Beard Bomb, by the way, but I'm going to start just because these people look so awesome. Their products are beautiful and high quality, and they have a really a huge heart for Christ and for the Catholic faith. And uh, just wonderful people. You should, they're not, again, they're not sponsoring this in any way, shape, or form. They're just awesome, and I wanted to share them. Check them out. Glory and shine. Wonderful people. Uh, but praise be to God. Again, thanks to realestateforlife.org for generously underwriting our program today, or at least a part of it. Real Estate for Life, connecting buyers and sellers of homes, buying and selling homes with a faith-based experience and supporting pro-life causes. Uh, their website is realestateforlife.org, realestateforlife.org. Praise be to God in all things. That is going to do it for Catholic Drive Time for this week. God love you all for joining us and suffering through the program all week long. Uh, We're so grateful to you, and we love to see you guys hanging out with us for the after show, especially you're the super fans, and so thank you for that. Have a great weekend. Enjoy. Go to Mass tonight for St. Joseph, uh, and uh, we'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for another full lineup of Catholic Drive Time next week. We'll see you then. God love you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us 